This is the Intuitive Leadership Mastery Podcast. What would it take for you to double your profits and half your stress with your intuition? Learn how with your host, Michael Light. Hi, welcome back to the show. And I'm here today with Peter Ivanov. If I'm saying your name right, Peter, I think I may have mispronounced That's right. it. Hi, Michael. Hi. And Peter is uh, a, a fabulous expert on virtual teams and has a lot of experience being in business, working with large teams across the globe for more than 20 years. And now he has his own business, got a book coming out. What, what's your book called, Peter? Um, in German, it's called Power Teams Beyond Borders. So in German, it appears in the end of February. In English, uh, title is not yet fixed, but it will be around building power teams across the globe and um, tackling, you know, the, the toughest problem of uh, humanity. <laughs> Working with other people, perhaps. <laughs> That's it one says of the... in German, it's like this power team beyond borders. And then this yeah. is a story because it's really a story yeah. about virtual teams and how they change our world. Yeah. Well, and so many companies use virtual teams these days and, and they have That's people right. from different countries in them. So there's a lot of challenges in that. And I'm hoping you can shed some light on how our business intuition can help in that. Sure, sure. I think in terms of um, virtual teams, you probably need more intuition than the local team because um, the the key characteristic of virtual teams, the ability to communicate face-to-face is much more limited. People are spread around the globe and they just have electronic media, either interactive or or uh, email, like offline communication. Uh, so you probably need to rely on your intuition, on your judgment, much more than if you can, you know, spend long conversation with your teammates. Um, but uh, in terms of intuition and, and, and leadership in particular, um, I myself use it in, in three um, areas uh, as, a, as a leader, as a manager in the past and now as an entrepreneur. Um, the first one is uh, when you recruit people um, and uh, not just people recruit to work for your team. It sounds a little bit like, you know, you're the boss and you're calling the shots. I'm a big supporter of more self-organizing teams or so people where the leadership is, is, is changing hands. And then and people take the lead at particular point uh, in time of the project. But uh, if you if you uh, pick your partners or if you'd like to get a new expert on your team, um, how do you rely on intuition? So um, I think there are a lot of HR best practices uh, in terms of um, scanning the individual. There are a lot of advice of people like Jack Welch, Four Peace, Passion integrity and so on uh, it boils down to to um, to the expertise of the person so he should be an um, expert in the field that uh, your team requires but also to his personality including his value system if his value system matches your value system and then your team uh, kind of culture and, and value system uh, but also his working style sometimes conflict come on the working styles and you could do a very systematic work you could even apply some uh, personality profilers and, and scan your uh, candidates uh, and do the homework, which I would recommend you still do because um, this artificial intelligence and the system and the profile become 
more and more sophisticated and they could really deep down in the personality. But to be honest with you, in my uh, practice, uh, I've always uh, relied on my intuition. And on the gut feel, on the feeling, when I interview this person, if I kind of feel that we could be a, a great team together. And there are a few cases when I kind of pushed myself to ignore it or to neglect it, where the whole data, the whole um, on paper, the values uh, and uh, the experience and everything looked right. Uh, but somehow I got the feeling that it wouldn't be a good match. And then one year down the road, uh, we had to part. And it was uh, sometimes even even painful. Um, and not because of non-delivery, but there were other issues. So I think when recruiting people, um, you still have to do your homework, but rely on your intuition. So that was the first kind of area. Uh, shall I continue or uh, do you have? No, I think that I think using when you're recruiting people to a team or to your company, uh, you know, relying on your intuition to make a good fit is very important because it's it's very hard to evaluate everything rationally. You know, I'm sure you could have figured out the thing that was the problem with that team member if you'd spent maybe a month analyzing their personality. Um you know, and all the other things going on, but you didn't have that time available. You know, you yeah, needed to yes, get the team started. Right. So that's why intuition is important. It, it lets you make the decisions quicker. It's a great asset. It may shortcut uh, if you don't have a time or if you feel you are very much um, operationally busy and bogged down in details and a lot of uh, work. Maybe this is, a, this is a signal that you have to step back and rely on your intuition. Rely on your intuition when you prioritize, even step further back and revisit your goals and make sure which goals are right for you, again, using your intuition. Stop analyzing for a bit, refer to your intuition, or even go back to your strategy because it may be even at this level where you really don't, you have a problem. And I, I often do this. I take this, uh, whatever you call it, um, stepping back days or or retreat days, uh, just to um, settle down, cool down, and then revalidate my strategy, my goals, with my feelings, with my kind of um, intuition internally. And what is intuition? I'm sure it's a it's a subjective uh, thing, and people have different experiences. People feel it a different part of their bodies. Some people, um, you know, uh, see uh, pictures which help them to uh, decide. Some people may hear words and so on, depending on the sensitivity. But uh, if we refer back to the psychologists, um, if, if we go back to, for example, Carl Jung, the, the famous uh, psychologist, he, uh, analyzing the, the human personality, he uh, discovered and did quite a research and scientific proof that the human brain has four main areas. And we know it's quite popular, left brain, right brain. Left, which is more for analytical, logical thinking. Right brain is more for feelings and, and parallel thinking, where you could think quick. And he even divided front and back. So you have left, right, front, back, four areas, four segments. And on the, on the left front, you have uh, the typical... Uh, planning thinking side. So you call it, he calls it with T thinking, which is responsible about planning things, analyzing and working sequentially. 
on the right side you have um, the feeling so coded with F. So here you have your value system. Here you decide because it's a right brain. You you decide quickly based on your um, feelings and um, your value system and belief and so on. And then if we go in the backside of the brain on the on the left side you have s which is for sensing which is for details so here you really go into details and here some people flourish like accountants or controllers where could they could really fly and then finally um, back right is the n which stands for intuition so here is the segment where you see the big picture and you can make calls just based on your again intuition or the feeling which uh, can distinguish between right and wrong for you, for your context, and it is quite um, quite strong. And here he made a lot of research, and it turned out that different people have different levels, different areas of their brains developed. Some are more intuitive, you know, for some the N is very strongly developed. Um, some are more into details, so they don't trust these internal feelings, they probably don't even uh, recognize them and cannot locate them very well uh, or kind of uh, interpret them but on the on the on the um, so they go into details in, in thinking and planning that's where they got security um, so not uh, there is nothing good or bad here people are different and with their setup with their developed uh, way of uh, thinking and, and brain they could be successful in different areas but I I, this is also what a theory says in my experience. If you want to be an entrepreneur, you need to have uh, quite strongly developed intuition. You need to have, you, sh you should be balanced. Maybe on the detail side, you could delegate because you can have your controllers and, and so on. But you need strong intuition, which uh, can uh, help you with, with your vision and the correctness with your vision. You need strong feeling in order to connect with your team. And you still have to be able to plan in order to execute complex projects and drive uh, complex operations. So, um, yeah, for entrepreneurs and for senior managers, uh, the balance is important, but intuition is a critical aspect. If you don't have it at all, I doubt you could be a world-class leader. You could still be a successful team leader, but not, uh, and we started with virtual teams, not able to lead a large team with different, you know, individuals, different cultures uh, spread around the globe. Is there any way you've used to measure these different uh, four aspects of the brain? Sure, sure. I, I personally use a, a profiler called Visual Questionnaire, and I like it because uh, it is language independent. It's based only on visuals. For sure, it's based on very serious research, and uh, German companies behind it, and um, Airbus is using it for recruitment of all their, I don't know, probably 40 uh, only in Hamburg, I think they have 30,000 employees worldwide, uh, much more. Uh, but this is a visual questionnaire where you could get in percentage uh, how much thinking you have, how much feeling, how much intuition, and how much, you know, um, kind of uh, preference for, for details. Uh, and it takes only uh, 10 to 15 minutes. So it's very quick. And because it's visual, you cannot manipulate the result. It gives you similar to MBTI, Myers-Briggs uh, personality test. So it gives you all this um, also introvert, extrovert, uh, judgmental, what the perceiving. And then you have uh, NTF uh, and S. These are also the Myers-Briggs uh, symbols. 
But because it's a uh, Myers-Briggs text, is uh, test is based on um, on um, words and sentences. You could, uh, to some extent, manipulate because uh, having in mind the position you, for example, apply. Uh, whereas with visuals, you completely kind of uh, you just have to rely on <laughs> on your current uh, feeling and judgment. So yes, there is a measure. Uh, it is quite accurate, I think, and based on that. You get a profile not just on the, you know, NTFMS and, and percentage and preference, but also which are your strengths, which are your weaknesses, if you wish, uh, how you behave in conflicts is, is quite comprehensive. Uh, and uh, yeah, if you go back to intuition, if intuition is strongly developed, you could see particular strengths and how can you uh, leverage on them as a leader. Mm. And then how would you use that when you're creating a virtual team? Um, I would, I would, I'm using it uh, for my own teams when I recruit new people, and I'm using it sometimes for clients when we uh, do team building. But uh, and recently we did a research again with North Academy, one of the business schools here in uh, in Hamburg, where I'm also uh, lecturing, um, and we took uh, quite a few uh, virtual teams, and we asked ourselves the question. Which teams are performing better? More homogeneous teams in terms of personality or more diverse team? And when I'm talking diverse, I'm not saying about different cultures, the typical definition of diversity or gender mix or age mix. Uh, this kind of diversity is always good. At least I'm a strong believer and I'm always trying to diversify. Uh, but we're talking about styles. Exactly, if you measure personality, if you have more, for example, judgmental types, which are very structured and go according to the plan, versus perceived uh, people, this is also the MBTI definition, perceived are very spontaneous. For the structured judgmental, there is a goal and they go for it, and for the perceiving, uh, the road and the journey is the goal, so they don't so much care about the goal, but what happens in between. And for example, if you take this characteristic, it turns out that the more homogeneous teams, which you have, for example, in either more judgmental people or more perceiving people, or people with stronger intuition uh, versus, you know, planners or detail-oriented, the more homogeneous team uh, consistently performed uh, better. So um, this is one way to, to measure. If you have two different styles for a short-term project, is better, and when I say short term, it's like could be one year, is better to have more homogeneous personality mix. If you're talking about leadership team with a like five, ten year strategic vision, then you have a different style. Then you have strong intuitive, then you have feeling visionaries, and you have uh, people very strong in execution in order to operationalize things. So I'm using it on one hand uh, to ensure either a short term productivity or long term uh, strategic mix. And also, if you have a challenge and you know the personality types, it's better to group the people with similar preferences in one group and break down the team, for example, the N, N people with a stronger intuition, the T people, the planners, the feelers, and then the detail guys. Give them the same challenge. You will be amazed and ask for a solution. The proposals will be completely different. You know, one will be the detail guys will be very strong numerically and logically ordered with a lot of detail. The feeling they would refer, you know, to the people and the vision and so on. The intuition, for sure, they will drive a big picture thing and wouldn't go to any details. 
But when the team listens to all deal proposal, and they will do it very efficiently, there would be a lot. More, there wouldn't be um, a lot of debate when they produce their solution. If you mix wildly and roughly, there will be kind of productivity loss because of unfruitful debate. But uh, when they listen to their proposals, uh, they will be amazed of, of, from the different perspective. And when uh, when they listen to all four proposal, a kind of uh, a unique new proposal emerged based on the four different perspectives and you quickly come to the decision. So in terms of conflicts or issues or you need to even elaborate on a, on a new product, some creative challenge, this kind of uh, mixing different personalities is, is, very, is very good. And, you know, the, the strong intuitive people, they always find their home and they would come with a vision or a mission, something, you know, very big and elevated, whereas the other will come with more operational details. But in the end, you will have a rounded result. That's fascinating. I think that's a very powerful way to use personality tests um, to make your team well-rounded and more effective. And I love how you group different personality types together so the team can work more efficiently and yet get more in, you know, more better ideas for solving the problem they're working on. Excellent. So you, we talked earlier about um, you know stepping back from the details, and you you mentioned you do that regularly. Um, yes. Do you find that helps you get in touch with your intuition more instead of just always working on the details? Or absolutely, absolutely, and I do it in like two two formats. I do one macro step back once a year, normally around uh, Christmas, because. Um, the business is not so active and I can step back. Um, and there I would take half day, sometimes full day to myself. I like nature. It's for me is a, uh, it's a great trigger to kind of get in contact with my intuition and my spiritual kind of uh, being. So uh, once I cool down, I would go through my um, strategy uh, and then I would go through a macro plan each quarter. What are my focus areas? And because I'm sometimes uh, I'd like to take many challenges, uh, and this is not necessarily bad, but I always have a top three list. So I would distill my top three priorities for the year, and I would map them to to the quarters. And normally the summertime Western Europe is again not very busy period holiday. I have five kids, so. Q1, Q2, and Q4 are essential for my top three priorities. And I would, uh, when I'm, I'm not doing very detailed work there. I'm just kind of evaluating this versus this, and I'm listening to my intuition. And then come, sometimes come new, even new things. Um, you know, emerge, you, you may group two, and comes another thing. But this is my macro, macro intuition planning event, which happens in, in December, early January. Uh, and then, um, Every week, again, to not to be um, overwhelmed with uh, with projects and details, because as an entrepreneur, you could do as much as you're willing to invest time and energy. I mean, there is always you could do more marketing and more sales and more product delivery and, and so on. So I consciously, on a weekly basis, normally on Sunday evening, I would see what are my, you know, four priorities for the week. And again, I would evaluate them listening to my intuition. Is this the right thing to do or the other out of the, of the long list? Um, I also have some structure like Mondays, um, you know, now that I've written my book and I will launch it, Monday is my book day. 
Tuesday is my marketing and partners and, and sales day, so I'll do many calls. And then Wednesday, I develop new content because I'm teaching in business school, so I'll have a new keynotes in the pipeline where I have to be more creative and so on, online shop. So I have some um, division which may change. Now probably for January, February will be this kind of division. This, this may change in March and April, but I would review it on a weekly basis. Um, and then during the day, if I feel too too tired, somehow too bogged down in the details, I would step back, you know, close my eyes, maybe meditate a bit. For me as a sportsman, uh, sometimes I do boxing with a shadow. Sometimes moving quick also helps to kind of free your head and then go back to the questions, you know, shall I take this or that and, and make a call. So I do it on three levels, if you wish, yearly, weekly, and, and daily. And it helps me out to orientate. Whenever, you know, I feel a bit uh, um, too busy or somehow lost, uh, it helps me to, to, to step back, either through very active kind of movements or through meditation. I cool down within like 10 minutes, and I would review my situation. Mm. That sounds like a great way to be more productive without getting stressed out, Peter. Um, do, do you have an example where, you know, you, your intuition changed what goal you, you were going to do for the week? Mm. For example, I mean, um, evaluating partners, because as a keynote speaker, I'm, I'm meeting a lot of people and, uh, and uh, they could be potential corporations partner. We could do a joint event or uh, we could do affiliate marketing and so on. And uh, for sure, I could not properly do it with, with all of them. Uh, it's just a time constraint, my, my time and, and their time. So which one to choose? Um, and you, you have a strategic fit. I mean, if, if, if you are have a complementary kind of, and this is we go analytical again, if you have a complementary products or subjects, or somehow you could refer to each other, but very often, uh, it's an intuition call. It's based on the personality of a uh, person. If I trust we could be um, successful um, together. Uh, if Sometimes uh, there is no so good fit on what I know so far, but because I kind of like this person or my intuition tells me we could be successful, I invest time, you know, I proactively engage. And uh, yeah, often it, it brings results. I think, I, I'm, as I said, I, I have uh, examples from the, the negative ones. When there is a perfect strategic fit and, um, you know, uh, he has clients which uh, may refer me and that could be a great, for me, a great business opportunity, but somehow it didn't materialize and I kind of knew it intuitively even before we started. So evaluating which partners is, is, is uh, often um, an example of that. Or I have a tendency also somehow to sometimes to pursue the wrong goals in a sense of I set the goal in the year, early in the year, in my annual kind of review, and then I go for it. But as the year goes by, I see um, kind of reach the point of diminishing returns and it didn't go and I still persist. Maybe it's my sports nature. And in such cases, and sometimes I spend quite a lot of, you know, effort before I realize you better quit this, you know, park it, take something new and, uh, and go forward. So for those kind of scenarios, I'm kind of learning by the years in my early 30s, 
um, and, and in the you know 20s and 30s you have so much energy you don't care and you just you know move but now I'm trying to be more selective and sometimes if I feel this is the wrong goal <laughs> kind of yeah think twice and three times and, and often I may drop it or yeah. um, either free space for the existing or replace it with I, I've had the same experience uh, you know I just I'm very determined to get the goal done but mm -hmm. you know I, I didn't always listen to my intuitive messages that maybe it needs modifying or, or something else is better right now so exactly. I think that's a great insight uh, on goals that um, they need reevaluating. You know what seemed good at the beginning of the year, six months in may may not make sense. And you know the world changes so quickly in business and technology these days that uh, the situation may be different. You, I may be different. The, the business is different. The partners may be different. All kinds of things can change. Right, and sometimes it's painful because you spend so much effort. And because of maybe ego or something, you say, you may perceive it as a failure, you know, I, I could not succeed on that one. But these are the, this is the wisdom, you know, not to look at it as a failure or as a wrong investment, but, you know, um, listen to what's new and, as you say, dynamic and, and make the right call. I, I think so, one of the things that helps me is to, instead of treating it as like a, a a goal it's more like i'm going to experiment with this for a certain period of time you know whether it's a week or three months or a year and then that kind of helps me relax uh, it's just an experiment exactly. i tried it out um you know not all experiments work out the way you expect them to sometimes they work out better sometimes you do something and you learn something new that i could be doing something even better here uh exactly. but however, however the experiment work out in a goal, I always learn something about myself and my business. Absolutely, I mean the mindset is a is a is a great uh, you know um, it's a great enabler, and there are lots of books you know and flow as a you know mindset that brings you into flow. Uh, it's another another subject, but uh, the more you manage to kind of. Uh, maintain the curiosity and experiment as you say you know like playing and so on uh, this is essential for your productivity and um, yeah and it would protect you from being stubborn and you know making the, the wrong decisions well i think it also affects how we work with our teams you know if mm. i'm very stubborn and judgmental that's not going to bring out the best in my teammates definitely definitely in the more virtual team the more flexible uh, and curious uh, the leader should be because, again, you don't have the full uh, picture in terms of uh, you see just the messages, electronic or, or Skype screen and so on. Um, and uh, the reality is different. I mean, you as a manager, you don't see the reality where this uh, team member operates. So you have to really uh, trust and um, and trust comes, you know, with experience, it's again another broad subject. Uh, but uh, stubbornness and trying to impose and to micromanage and all in this direction is very counterproductive, much more kind of catastrophical than in, in local teams. Yeah, and it doesn't let your, the peop, other people on the team access their intuition. You know, if they're always exactly. um, worried that you're going to be judging them, uh, then it's hard for them to experiment and come up with creative new ideas that might make all the difference to the project. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. This autonomy thing as a motivator, again, touching broad, broad subject. I mean, key motivators in terms of autonomy, being able to make your decisions uh, and then mastery, being a good expert in your field and learning quickly and then purpose why you do it. But um, yeah, I mean, intuition, uh, if unless people are empowered and uh, can make autonomous decisions and have decision making fra- uh, freedom, uh, there would be uh, much use, particularly if you have a strong people with strong intuitions and you as a manager try to, to make the calls and, and impose direction, uh, it wouldn't work. So really, the broader sub-team, not just how do we use it as we discussed in a personal perspective, but uh, empowering people would mean empowering their intuition and giving them a space, uh, time and, and space to, to raise their uh, visions and uh, intuition um, perspective so you as a team can make the right call and this balanced dialogue and discussion uh, is key also in terms of communication and you need the right forums where people could really everyone on the team uh, can raise not just their issues and their progress but also their feelings and uh, intuition and uh, more kind of strategic strategic input Right. I mean, some of the tools I, I talk about in my book are ways to evaluate other people without having to meet them in person. So, um, you know, I think that's helpful in a virtual team because you, you, you may never meet them in person. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's, so, um, it's a luxury. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's great. If you can get together with your team all together in one physical place, that's great. You know, there's a lot more information that get ex- exchanged. Um, but it's possible to access the information you need using your intuition and some tools uh, to do that. So, yeah. I agree. I agree. The best is for sure a personal event, and you could structure it in the best way. But as you say, if you cannot, you could still achieve the result and, and get to the level of even intimacy. Get to know them, but everybody to know everyone, not intimacy in terms of you know endangering your family and relationships, but deep uh, human into human understanding and relationship. And yes, I agree. There are tools and, and mindset uh, to, to get there. Well, and that, you know, when I've worked on a team that really works well together um, and we achieve an amazing goal, it's an, it's an amazing human experience. That's often one of the pinnacles of people's work experience when they've worked on some project where everyone was connected together, they were all working together for a common goal, and they achieved um, results that other people didn't even think were possible. Yes. Um, yes. And I think that's where, you know, your power teams and intuition can really help companies to get to the next level uh, with what they do using virtual teams. Exactly. So, yes, yes absolutely. We, it's, again, another broad subject, but uh, we have uh, teams that I let... Won two global awards, and really the performance was um, was outstanding. And uh, we're still in contact, and we still kind of uh, share sweet memories from the times we had together. But it is it is possible. It takes takes quite a few things. But um, um, yes, if um, if you care about the people, about their personality, let it unfold. Everyone feels like a star. You. You discover the strengths and you publish it and everyone is aware which strengths each team member has and, and feels like, 
special with a lot of recognition. I'm going back to my 10 big rocks, which is the method for leading virtual teams. And you address the goal setting, personality and focus, leveraging on the strengths, then building a structured communication, uh, and then establishing the optimal culture. So this in a mix, yes, you would uh, really have in the end uh, exponentially improve performance and uh, achieve much more than the people initially uh, believed it's possible. And this is the best uh, <laughs> award uh, you can have uh, as a team and uh, as a leader of such a team. Great. Well, I, I'm going to share your website with people in the show notes. Uh, it's peterivanoff.com with a hyphen in the middle there. Um, yes. And uh, I'll share all the other social media channels you have as well so people can watch your videos and, and see what you write about. So Perfect. it's been wonderful Perfect. talking with you today, uh, Peter, and good luck with your book launch, both in German and in English. And once you have that uh, link for the English version of the book, I'll share that as well. I've got the German link as well for our German listeners. Excellent. Many thanks, Michael. It's been a pleasure and an honor, and I look forward uh, to the podcast. Get strategies and show notes at intuitiveleadershipmastery.com. What would it take to see you here next time on the Intuitive Leadership Mastery Podcast?